I'm Jody Whites, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to your spectacular life. My name is Jody Whites, your professional growth strategist, and I am so happy to have Ellen Kane on my show today. Hi, Ellen. How are you? Great. Hi, Jody. I'm so happy to be here too. Wonderful. Let me tell you a little bit about Ellen. Ellen is a innovation consultant, trainer, facilitator, and speaker with over 20 years of experience helping companies navigate innovation challenges. She guides Fortune 500 small businesses and nonprofits to understand innovation, create innovative new products and services, build effective teams, and support a user-centered culture. In addition, she has been a facilitator, coach, and lecturer for the Haas School of Business and the VP of Innovation for a Startup. She has spoken at numerous conferences on the topic of design, thinking, and creativity. Trained in creative problem solving and design thinking, Aline received an MS in Creativity and Change Leadership from the International Center for Studies in Creativity at Buffalo, New York, and has a business degree from Sciences in Paris, or Sciences Po, Paris, a top French business school. Welcome, Aline. Boy, that is quite a resume, and you have traveled and lived in Paris, and now you're in the U.S., how did that come about? Um, well, that was 26 years ago. And um, I moved for love, you know. I'm a Parisian girl. I'm romantic. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. And, and tell me a little more. In which way are you romantic? And how does that relate to you and your life? Um, more than romantic, I like to uh, be open to opportunities and uh, looking for changes. And so I had this opportunity to move to the US and I was like, I'm not sure if it's going to work or not, but I just uh, got a one-way plane tickets and here I was in the Bay Area. Great, it sounds like you're, in addition to a romantic, you're also a risk taker, a one-way ticket. Good for you, that's great. Um, now I'm, I'm just looking at the resume and it just, you know, it jumps out creativity and innovation. Can you speak a little bit about what that means in your own words and with your own brand? So there's a lot of definition of creativity. Uh, when I was studying for the master, that was actually one of the exercises. It looked at the hundreds of definition. Um, so I use one that I think is particularly relevant to my work, which is apply creativity, creativity in a business world. And so uh, it's about uh, novelty that is useful. 
So not only you look for new things, but you also look for an application of them. Um, and um, that applies to business. It also applies to your personal life. It applies to um, your artistic sense as well. But it's kind of a broad definition of creativity. That's wonderful. And and talking about business, you know, if we if we look at businesses, they are or can be hard to change. They can be hard to change their culture, their thinking, the way they do business, the way they interact within the company, or, you know, structure. How do you move them from a, let's say, staid and, and a non-performing um, position into the role of being creative and innovative with their services? I think, uh, as you mentioned, culture is really important. So there have to be a willingness to change. And sometimes that willingness comes from a champion, can be at the top or you know, some, some of the key positions, somebody that really want to change. Sometimes uh, it comes when we're not getting the results we need to. Uh, we need to grow. And if we do business as usual, we're not be going to be able to grow. In COVID time, it's even worse because business as usual doesn't even exist. So unless we're willing to change, unless we're willing to challenge our assumption, unless you're willing to do business differently, uh, we might not be in business anymore. So sometimes crisis is also opportunities and uh, it forces us to change maybe at a different pace. Right. And, and you know, I think, I think um, you really spoke about, you know, when we're in a crisis situation or when things are really going downhill fast, we've got to snap into changing. But let, let's think about a company that's not in crisis or a business that's not in crisis. What, what maybe are the top three things that you do with them to move them in that creative and more flexible area of, of creating new products and services? So it's, it's a very interesting question because, you know, innovation is a buzzword. Every organization, I have this idea that we need to be more creative. But then the question, the next question is how? Yes. And if you look at school program, uh, if you look at how we taught um, even in grad school, there is very few um, programs and discussion that really talked about how do we innovate together? How do we work as team? How do we have a common language? How do we have a common process and tools? And how do we appreciate how uh, we might come up uh, at the creative process from different preferences and different angles? And um, so this is where I'm, I'm in the how. <laughs> area of creativity is how can we do this together we know we want it there's a, a will but uh you put eight people and say hey go and come up with a new products it's, it's not that easy mm -hmm. and while uh usually it's once they have the idea and the concept and it's be tested they usually have a really good system to go through their funnel or whatever their process is but that fuzzy front end of innovation is uh much more challenging as i say but it can be taught and we can learn it and we can get better at it. And this is really where I am. Um, that's a sweet spot for me. That sounds great. And it, it really sounds like you develop a baseline with these groups and a commonality 
you know, what what is the same? So everybody is speaking the same language. So once they're, you know, using that baseline, then they have more freedom to create. Would you say that that is is something that happens as part of the process? Yes. And one of the big um, way I do things maybe differently is if you even you go to a meeting, you realize people are talking. It's one person at a time and there's different of opinion and usually gets, especially when you're at Zoom, frustrating and you feel like, what did we accomplish in the past hour? We just talk. And so a lot of the creative work I do is actually, let's not talk. Let's just put all our thoughts together. And I use a lot of, I used to use a lot of post-its and uh, flip charts. No, mm-hmm. I do the same, but in the virtual world. So I use whiteboards with post-its mm-hmm. and clustering and small post-its and color coding and moving things around on that huge whiteboard that I create for sessions. And then suddenly it becomes so much more efficient because in five minutes, everybody can say what they think about, whether they will take an hour to go around the room and in circle and, and go back and forth. And then everybody is much more engaged as well. So there is an efficiency also to work that way and to acknowledge that all let's also, um, not judge right away because what happens with thoughts is like somebody will say something in a meeting and somebody will say oh we can't do that it would never work it's too expensive too much time and then the idea is dead and maybe that idea may not work but there is a seed there is a beginning of something and so by putting things on post-its by letting everybody put their thoughts together and try to look for commonality rather than judging right away you can really um get much further faster and everybody feel like they are, they are participating. Right. And, and I know that um, it, it sounds like with, okay, we're going to spend five minutes and we're going to throw out ideas and, and nothing, nothing goes away. Everything is seen up on the whiteboard or the, you know, the post-it board, whatever virtual board we're using now. That, that really does something to get the energy moving in people, you know, where, where, you know, things are kind of suddenly from slow to very fast. And that's very exciting. That can be a very exciting part of that process. How do you, while these ideas are being thrown around and people are excited and yelling things out, how do you keep yourself balanced to catch everything? <laughs> Well, that's really where uh, preparation comes in. So uh, what I like to say is I like to be as invincible as possible. I'm just there to support the process, to know what needs to happen, what needs to happen next. Let's say we throw a bunch. Um, sometimes it's about idea, but also sometimes it's about just defining a problem, which is actually really important in a creative process. If you work on the wrong problem, it doesn't matter. You have great ideas. So let's say... Um, because I want to challenge the audience a little bit. Let's say we're working on a problem together and I'm going to say, okay, for the next 10 minutes, just throw on those post-its, all the things you know about those problems. It might be a number. It might be a quote from a customer. It might be um, something we tried before. I don't know. Just put everything. Let's not judge. Just put everything. And then what I would say next, and I will, I will kind of judge that it looks like people have pretty much done and we need to move on. Then I would say, okay, now let's cluster those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, instead of having 100 random post-its, we're going to come up with 
five to six themes around those. And then with a problem is starting to get more specific. There was a whole area that customers think that they're not hurt. There is another area that seems like our costs have increased a lot in the past two years. There's a third area, mm-hmm. which is about, um, you know, uh, a competitive uh, universe has changed and uh, we now have to, you know, move forward and be more competitive, whatever it is. So suddenly that chaos makes sense. And this is really where, because I'm focusing on the process and I'm here to create that space and have no hope people can do that together, those I can help kind of have things emerge uh, from the chaos. Wow. And it sounds like a great system because people start grouping, they start seeing patterns in these different areas of grouping and they're I'm, I'm certain they're starting to have those aha moments like, oh yeah, and oh yeah, we, you know, there are, there are three themes here, which makes the eventual problem solving process much, much easier to streamline. Yes, and, and yeah, go ahead. And what's important is everybody feel like they have an equal voice yeah. and it's not a battle of ego because I need to wait to speak. And sometimes right. it's meeting, you know, just wait, I want to say something, but there's five right. other people. And when it's on Zoom, it's even harder because you mm. don't have the energy and that that happened in a room. And then people can get disengaged because I feel like, oh, it's always those two people that chat and I'm never involved. And so here, everybody's equal. Everybody has the same chance. And this is really coming from um, the group. And what's emerged is really the group thinking. Right. And, and on, on, you know, speaking about that, what have you had to do differently to get the innovation flowing from, you know, being in a large room and everybody can see each other and, you know, you viscerally feel the energy to now we're, we're doing things virtually on Zoom. Any, any tips or tricks to, to get that flowing as well as you did before? Well, I think one thing is you have to be really well prepared because you can't read the energy as much. You have to really, uh, you know, I have, uh, when I do a session, I will have a very detailed outline, like five minutes by five minutes, what needs to happen. And then, so I have my plan in my head, very clearly defined. And I also um, improvise. Uh, Mm -hmm. I do improv on the side, but um, it's really, you know, you plan a lot and then you improvise. So you have to start feeling also the energy of the group, even if you don't necessarily see the people because they're moving the post-its, but are people stop? And then you have to ask, do you need more time? Um, and then you might um, also um, sometimes take a break and have small group discussion. So let's say there's different themes that emerge. Maybe we put people in breakup room and one group is going to dig deeper into theme number one and one group is going to dig deeper into theme number two. And you just have to trust that those breakout rooms, those place for dialogue, as well as those place we work together is, is moving it forward. So there is some trust. It's a little harder. Uh, I say I, I, I built on my experience having since groups, but it is, uh, it is definitely um, more challenging in that sense that you don't have as much as immediate feedback. Right. And, and I, you know, using what we have now, which is Zoom, I love the fact that, you know, you're using the breakout rooms, which are, are great because the other 
breakout rooms don't hear the other people. Um, and that's, that's maybe a positive. And uh, what we have now until they come back and share, and that's, that's, you know, rejoin the group. What is it that you like most about the work you're doing? Um, I love, I love new things. And so I love to be an enabler uh, to, to really help um, a group to get to the, their potential, their creative potential, their idea potential, their projects potential. And I really be um, the person that facilitate that. Great. Now, you know, you said you work with um, small businesses, larger businesses, Fortune 500. Um, any of those companies or groups that you prefer to work with or have more fun with or have your creative process flowing better with? You know, I love being a consultant because at the I can work with very different organizations and I like that diversity because it's always a different challenge. And uh, I really appreciate that. And I do, uh, my work is customized. So I have some, you know, general programs, but it's really uh, what does a client need? And, um, and so it really depends. And I really love that diversity. So I can't pick one or the other. <laughs> Good for you. People are people, right? Groups are groups. That's wonderful. Yes. And, you know, how do you keep yourself creative? What do you do in your life? I mean, what other parts can help spur on your creativity? Um, first, I have kids. So that's um, it's always challenging. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I have to be creative. Absolutely. <laughs> um, also, I do improv. So improv comedy. I've done that uh, in and out for um, 10 years, but I've since... The past couple of years, I really have done it on a regular basis. And we used to meet every Wednesday and now we're doing on Zoom. Mm. And uh, we, the first time I even, you know, I came to the group was the last session. We knew we were going to go in confinement. I said, maybe you have to go to Zoom. And everybody looked at me like, that would never work. And then we <laughs> did move to Zoom and it actually works so well. It's <laughs> really interesting. Um, and I've been uh, doing this uh, improv with... Uh, same group for the past year and a half and we really have learned to know about each other and work well and then you are what works is that you don't do it it's not exactly the same you just take the benefit of the medium um and use it so for example uh, it's easy to go in and off camera really quickly more than if you were in a space and you have to disappear it takes some times mm, so yeah. you can do things that people pop in and out you know the neighbors come in and ring the bell and then <laughs> leave and so you, there's a lot of things we can do uh we use some more props you know sometimes um so we're just having fun with with this and zoom and 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 that's really good because import forced me to be in the moment mm -hmm. Because you never know what's going to be thrown at you. So you can't plan. There's nothing you can do. Just being there, listening, try to make your partner look good and enjoy. And it certainly helps you to deal with curveballs. And yes. um, I think it, it, it's a great way to live. You know, being in the moment, something doesn't work out the way we think it will work out. Hence, life. And then you gotta just, you know, move on and jump to the next thing and figure it out. Now, you know, you're you're dealing with innovation, creativity, improv. 
have you always worked in this kind of a field? Uh, yes and no. So um, I went to business school. And then when I got out, I'm like, what's the most creative work I can do <laughs> coming out of business school? And so I started in advertising. So always this idea to be, you know, within the business context, kind of be on the edge of the more creative part of, you know, that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of kept, and then I moved to marketing research. I did marketing research for a while. And then when I started my own business, after a while, I'm like, I want to get out of marketing research. I want to do something more exciting to me. Mm-hmm. And that's where I found um, this, this master program in creativity. And that got me on this journey I'm in today. Wonderful. Well, a master's in creativity, right? <clears throat> I'm ready for that. <laughs> Now, you know, between, you know, working in advertising, marketing research, how did you make the jump into your own business? I mean, was it scary? Was it uh, difficult? Did it, did it take a while or did it essentially just take off? What, what made you leap into that? So, you know, I was working in corporate and I had my first child. And after maybe a few months going back home at six o'clock and looking at this baby and my only Mm -hmm. thing I wanted to do is have the baby go to bed so I can actually breathe. I was like, this is not right for Mm -hmm. me. And so I decided to quit and I'm like, I'm going to start my own business. So it it did make sense with my life choices and my lifestyle. And, you know, when the kids were little, it was a, it was kind of a part-time job when I can, you know, manage with everything else. I know it's more like a full-time job, but, um, you know, and I love the flexibility. Mm -hmm. I just love that, um, you know, being my own boss and, um, and the diversity of clients and, and challenges you may have. Right. Right. And, um, it just sounds like that's the way your mind works is, is you like to have flexibility and openness and move from one thing to the next, which is a great skill. Uh, just wondering, going back, when you did start your own business, the kids were little, any hurdles that you ran into both, you know, with uh, with the clients, customers, or even, you know, internal attitudes? Well, the first one is time, because you're juggling a lot of pieces. Uh, and that, I mean, and it's true for any, you know, working parents. And I mean, I have a deep appreciation of parents that are working and uh, with their kids being at home with COVID. I know this is when the kids are little, it's just really hard. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's a challenge. It's a time, uh, both the physical time and also the, and the mental space to be thinking, you know, all the, to juggle all those balls. But on the other hand, you know, for me, working has always been part of my identity. Mm-hmm. So I felt I would be a better mom if I also can think and have some my own areas of you know focus and expertise uh, beside motherhood. So they that were part of my balance. If we can talk about balance, I don't like to Absolutely. talk about balance because I it's it's a journey. <laughs> right, right, and and it, so it sounds like you know you decided that you were going to keep something that is a piece of you because that that's just who you are, but also. Um, being a great role model for your kids saying, look, you know, we all 
have to serve, contribute, and this is uh, do something meaningful. So uh, would you say that that kind of summed that up? Yes, yes, definitely. And I mean, I think, you know, I have uh, two boys and a girl, and I think it's it's important to be a, a working mom and, and, and seeing that and being part of that identity and what you can bring. Granted, sometimes my kids challenge me when I would say, hey, let's do some, uh, let's come up with different options and ideas like, mom, <laughs> no, but it's just the kids <laughs> and just me, you know. Right, right. And, you know, with uh, with creativity and, and working with people in the way you do, I'm sure that you learned how to play. And play is just one of the most joyous things that we can do with parent and, you know, with our kids as parents and um, invite that when we're also working with businesses because get into that playful mindset will lead to more innovation. Yeah. So when I um, used to do um, in-person workshops and session, I always bring my uh, box of toys. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. You've got to tell me what was in the box. What, what toys are we talking about? It's a lot of um, uh, kinesthetic toys. So things that you can manipulate because one, it's fun, but two, for some people, it have them think Mm. Um, and having all those toys on the table and some people don't care and some people do. And it it just bring a a playfulness as you just mentioned. And, um, and, and I mean, some, for me, sometimes I just take a squishy ball and squeeze it when I'm thinking and it Mm. does help. Mm-hmm. Or even to move around a Rubik's cube, even though you're not really trying to solve it. There's there's something yes. kinetic about that. That's a that's a great idea. So I'm curious, um, what what kind of advice would you give for our listeners, um, both who are are trying to come up with more innovative solutions to? I'm I'm just gonna make it, you know. Uh, put it out there both professionally and personally? Yeah, so I think um, we we all, it's easy to get stuck. And so the question is, how do we get unstuck? And uh, so the first thing is, am I, am I working on the right problem? Because sometimes we're not. We, we're focusing on these things. And there's a different way to frame it or we frame it or look at it differently. So spend mm-hmm. enough time looking at the a challenge. And really, uh, I would say, if you're not sure what it is, just try to come up with a lot of ways to formulate that question. And also form, always formulate a, a challenge as a question. Because if you ask yourself a question, the, your brain is automatically want to give some answers. So just try to formulate some questions that can be your challenge. And then the other thing is once you have that, that question that you think it's really meaningful to you and that you want to solve, uh, just don't stop after three options. Start mm-hmm. between A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. If I take a group of five or six people and I have three minutes, that group can generate 30 to 60 hours in ideas in a few minutes. That's easy. But often we just come with two things and say A, B. And maybe mm-hmm. it's not, I mean, there's a lot more than A and B. So just take time, push yourself, get the obvious one first, and then keep coming. It's like, what about this? What about this? Mm-hmm. And stop uh, judging yourself. Uh, the, the, the judgment judgment is really important. There's a time when we need to select and pick. But having judgment too early, it's uh, then you're censoring yourself or with your group. You know, we censor each other because somebody mm-hmm. says something. And then obviously there's a reason why that is not a good 
idea. And then we just kill everything and we kill every option. So um, one of the key things I always tell my uh, clients uh, when I do a session is there's this principle in creativity called the dynamic balance. Mm. And it's basically very simple. Uh, In a creative process, whether you're looking at what the problem, what the idea is, what's a different form of prototype, what kind of planning can we do? There is two steps. There is a diverging and diverging mean let's look at a lot of options. And then there is the second option, which is the second part, which is converging, which is select and pick. So diverging, look at option, converging, select and pick. And the trick is do not do them at the same time. Mm. Uh, Because it's like being in your car and pushing on the brake and the accelerator, not going anywhere. So give yourself, it can be five minutes. For five minutes, I'm going to write any idea that I can think of. And then the next 10 minutes, I'm going to narrow them down, pick, select, build, whatever it is. But just that time when we're not for a second or for a minute or for an hour, we, we're suspending that judgment. And that's really where you have a chance to bring new elements to life. Mm-hmm. So you're, it makes sense, taking a breath or a few breaths between the one process of diverging and getting creative and throwing everything out there. And then the second is, okay, let's, let's narrow it down at this point. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. And that narrow down the, the converging, it's also creative. We call it, it's mm-hmm. not a non-creative part. It's a different part of it, a different component of creativity. And often people think that creativity or, you know, People say, well, creativity is having a brainstorming, mm. which is not because brainstorming is just a tool, but having a bunch of ideas, that is not a creative process. Right. Creative process is having those ideas or having all those problems or having all those ideas to plan something and then narrow them down, build them, create something that you makes sense to you. So that, that mm. converging is also part of the creative process. And that's where often it's forgotten. And then people would say, Oh, brainstorming doesn't work. Of course, I take a group for an hour. We have 300 ideas. Then we all leave and nothing happens. <laughs> right, right. They're left, uh, they were left hanging, right? Good, it felt great to get these ideas out. But yeah, what's next? Which is an important question to ask or what makes sense perhaps. Uh, one quick question. You mentioned that you you know, judgment and, and how, how we either with yourself or with clients, how do you get past that, that part of criticism that people have with good, bad, you know, not so good, etc. cetera. Is, is there anything that you recommend to them or even yourself to get past that stage? Oh, the first thing is to be aware you know, be aware of the assumption or judgment and question it in yourself and in others. Um, the other part that I find really useful, uh, as you mentioned, I use a lot of design thinking in my work and part of design thinking is being user-centered. So instead of focusing on what you think is right or not, let's think about who our users are. So if I talk to a client, the client is my users. So I usually spend a lot of time listening and try to understanding what do they need, what do they want, what part of 
whatever they're doing is not working so well. We call it pain mm. uh, or gaps. And so, and same thing when we um, evaluate ideas, it's not that I like this idea, is how is this idea going to help my challenge? How is that uh, idea is going to help my users? How is that going to help, you know? So being really focused also on others and, and use empathy uh, and uh, really trying to understand in that context instead of being my own personal judgment. Right, getting getting outside of themselves and thinking of other, thinking of end user, and then that's a that's a great way to kind of uh, you know just kind of be more objective instead of objective. Yes, great. I am going to ask you one last question, and um, it's going to be what has made your life spectacular? Um, it's just embracing whatever happens, you know, and um, look at it as opportunities. I mean, it's not always easy, but I think, you know, just take, take things that, that happens to you and just see what, what, what can I take from it? How might that make me a better person? How might that help me grow? Uh, I really be believe in a, in a growth mentality. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, really thinking I'm not, I'm not static and there's things I can learn, I can grow, there's experiences I can have uh, and, and be open to that. That sounds great. That sounds wonderful. And being gratefulness, open. being grateful, yeah. also, especially yeah. uh, this past, in this past year and a half, it's, it's mm -hmm. important to focus on what you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Aline, I'm so thrilled that you have been on the show. And um, I would like you to, you know, let people know how they can get in contact with you. And there will be some information on the show notes as well. But um, why don't you go ahead and let them know how they can contact you? Okay, first, I want to say I really love our conversation. So thank you so much oh, my for inviting pleasure. me. Oh, thank you. So a few things. Um, if, you wanna, if you're interested in, in my work, uh, you can check my website. It's www.strategicinsights.biz, B-I-Z. Um, and also have an offer for uh, your audience. I have put together a... Um, a little uh, document, which is nine, nine questions to spark your thinking about innovation in your organization. So if you want to kind of think about, is organization innovative? What elements of innovation should we be thinking about it? This is a great little uh, uh, mind um, challenger for you. And uh, you can download it and review it. And also, if you're interested in talking about uh, this, or anything else related to innovation and creativity. And if uh, in a way that I can be of help, uh, you have a free 30 minutes consultation. Um, so feel free to uh, reach out to me and I uh, would love to uh, chat and see how I can be of help to you. And also I have a newsletter. Uh, it's usually only once a month because I don't want people to have tons of things in the inbox, but I try to really bring some uh, thought-provoking ideas and information around creativity and innovation. Um, my last one was on biomimicry, 
uh, mm. which is a concept of using nature to inspire you for to find solutions. Because if you look at nature, we have so many amazing solutions in nature. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so uh, please subscribe to my newsletter and um, hope to um, hear from you soon. Great. That is very generous. Well, I want to thank you so much, Aline Kane, for being part of the show and um, really talking about some thought-provoking and very creative ideas. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jody. It was lovely. All right. Take care. You too. I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com.